61 District 6, stage first shooting, Skimmer Way near Lakewood, Charles 478 Tango. Thank you for joining us on Inside EMS. Now the always entertaining Chris Zebalero and the Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson. This is it. Once again, it's time to go Inside EMS. This is the show that asks the tough questions, and we want the tough answers. What are some of the questions we're asking? How about this? What's the difference between partly sunny and partly cloudy? Let's go ahead and go to our own meteorologist, Kelly Grayson. Kelly, how are you? I'm fine, man. I'll, I'll give you my my standard. Uh, I'll give you my standard uh, weather forecast. Partly sunny, chance of rain. There we go. That covers pretty much everything. That you know, could, that could be every single day. But thinking about it, what is the difference between partly sunny and partly cloudy? Uh, I think it's it's kind of the difference between uh, is the glass half half empty or half full. It's all about your outlook on life. And since I am a, a sunny Positive thinking person. Ugh, I prefer to it. think of everything stop as it. partly sunny. How about that? Hmm. How was Thanksgiving eh, for you? It was, uh, well, I worked, um, and and uh, my girlfriend was in Colorado visiting her daughter, so I uh, went over to the grocery store and bought a, a roasted turkey breast and some, some uh, frozen mashed potatoes and stuffing and, and nuked them in the microwave for my Thanksgiving meal. Well, do you get to? Do you have to work Christmas, or are you going to get to be off Christmas? Yeah, I got to have to work. I have to work Christmas too. My it falls on my my day to work this year. Well, God bless See, you guys, man. No, we, the supermarket we, manager was was nice to me though. He uh, the roasted turkey breast I was going to buy cost like seventy eight bucks for an eight pound turkey breast, and he said, "Ah, man, you're an EMT, and it's it's Thanksgiving anyway. Tell you what, twenty five bucks, and it's yours." <laughs> I gnawed on turkey leftovers for four days. Holy Jesus, man! How big was this thing? <laughs> it was it was eight and a half pounds. But Jesus, it was Kelly. A, it was eight ninety nine a pound. So yeah, it was pretty expensive. Jesus. Um, but hey, you know, got it for twenty five bucks. I'll, I'll take like that. What a deal! What a deal! All right, man. So uh, let's go ahead and do some news, man. What do you got for us? We've got the uh, going on right now. Uh, the uh, San, uh, San Bernardino shooting. There's a mass shooting uh, evolving or is, has, has uh, occurred just now in San Bernardino, California. News reports say at least 14 dead. Uh, uh, apparently the shooting was uh, around a uh, uh, clinic for developmentally disabled persons. And, uh, you know, hesitate to say anymore because any news at this particular point is, is apt to be wrong until we uh, get the facts sorted out. But um, there's yet another one, man. Uh, violence in our country is, uh, I hesitate to say it's on the rise because, you know, statistically, it's these sorts of things are still an anomaly and not statistically significant. But, you know, we, we've got guys out there just, you know, man can, can uh, never surprises me with its ability to... Uh, visit injustice and horrors upon their fellow man i just i don't know what to say yeah i mean it, it really it, 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 you do have a loss of words i mean th it seems mm -hmm. that this is popping up now every single week and you know i mean last week we were talking about planned parenthood shooting and you know now we're talking about uh, a shooting and and you know where's the end man i think we have really have to be concerned about what's going on in our country and, and the determinations of how do we keep places safe you know I, I go back to the same thing we always talk about where can we go that's safe we can't go to work we can't go to school we can't go to church we can't go to the movies and uh you know i mean 
these are just challenging times, man. And I guess we yeah. got to pay attention to them. But you know, when we think about all these, uh, you know, all these challenges we have with the war on terror and how much of these things are really getting fueled because of what they're hearing on the news. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, Planned Parenthood was targeted in last week's shooting. And uh, people are pointing fingers to the Republican uh, debates that are talking all these bad things about Planned Parenthood. And, you know, and regardless, I think, of where your politics is, um, People are taking these words to heart and they're causing, you know, deaths of people because of it, whether it's, uh, you know, domestic terrorism, whether it's uh, people sympathizing with, uh, you know, international terrorism. We got to keep our eyes open, dude. Yeah. You know, and, and from from reading news reports of the San Bernardino shooting, uh, uh, they report uh, at least three gunmen carrying long guns, which to me says this was not some lone lone gunman, nut, mentally unbalanced person. You know, you got three people together. This was a concerted attack. Uh, and I don't want to, you know, throw the terrorism card on the table. But uh, obviously, you know, with three people uh, engaging in the shooting, this is, this is a, uh, a planned and coordinated attack, um, the motive of which, you know, is still unclear. Um, you know, and we see these things, Chris, and, and the, they still are, you know, I, I said statistically insignificant. Uh, I'm sure it's not insignificant for any of the people directly affected by the shooting or the or the victims. Um, and I don't mean to to uh, demean their their uh, deaths. Um, just just uh, a few days ago, a Pew report uh, research study came out touting that uh, violent crime and gun crime in the United States is at a 43 year low. You know, it has not been been this low since uh, the late '60s. Seems like we're seeing more of it. Um, and, and I go back to our, our debates on the 24-hour news cycle. Uh, it seems like we're seeing more of it, and, and certainly mass shootings seem to be more prevalent. Right. Uh, but they're still they're still zebras. Um, I guess the lesson we can take from this is is uh, we've got to address the root cause of these things and 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 address our personal safety at the same time. Uh, or we're going to continue to see these things. Yeah, and, you know, just in a related story, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but, you know, we're talking about the Planned Parenthood shooting, and a local mm-hmm. business donated six vests and helmets uh, to the department in the wake of that shooting. I mean, so even now the community is starting to get together up there in Pueblo, Colorado, and, you know, they're giving the e, uh, the EMS agency ballistic vests and, and helmets now mm-hmm. to protect themselves. And I think that we have to really kind of, you know, consider what's happening and, and how do we keep our pr- providers safe in in this in these challenging times. And I got to tell you, mm-hmm. man, I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but uh, it's getting a little bit scary out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what we are witnessing is the, is the death of civility in our society. Mm. You know, w- regardless of your feelings. I hate, I hate to think don't... that, man. I hate to think that. I, I do too, you know. I do too, and I think a lot of a lot of it is is due to the the demagogues we on both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrat, that we elect to office that pit us at each other's throats uh, every election season, and 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 are at each other's throats uh, in Congress every day. Um, but you know, it's it's just uh, it's it's sad, uh, and I don't know what to do about it other than to shake my head. Um, but prayers for the, the folks in San Bernardino yeah. uh, tonight. Yeah, very much. I'm what, do you, as well. what do you got, brother? Man, I think there's so many great things to talk about. And, uh, 
I think the thing that I, I really want to touch base on, because it, it has a lot to do with, uh, you know, a lot of the things we talk about stigma and, and that we just need to step up and start protecting our own. A Texas firefighter is arraigned for sexual assault on a rookie. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is going to come out of Ellis County, Texas. And one of eight firefighters accused of sexually assaulting a colleague. Uh, and if you remember, this was last year sometime. This uh, is in Waxahachie, I believe. Yeah, sexually assaulted them with a sausage in the firehouse. And, uh, you know, we talked about it when it happened. And, you know, where where is this line, man, that we wind up protecting our own people? You know, EMS is one of those careers, one of those career fields, of course, with the fire service. There is a certain amount of hazing that goes on. There's a certain amount of breaking the rookie in that goes on. And, and you know, I've done crazy things. I, I've talked, to, you know, as an FTO, uh, I've talked the, um, you know, the trainees that I had with them to nasally trumpet themselves. I'm like, well, they haven't haven't made you nasally <laughs> trumpet themselves yet? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, you might as well do it now because if you do it once, you lose the gag reflex and they won't laugh at you and stuff. So I would get them nasally, you know, I mean, so we would do things, you know, but I'm, uh, you're not going to beat anybody. You're not going to assault anybody. You're not going to. And and I think that one of the things that we've got to remember that with a good hearted nature and and even with the off color humor and, and laughing about things we shouldn't laugh about, we we should still protect each other. And, you know, when you assault somebody, uh, not even to mention sexually assault somebody, we really have to pay attention to this, and we've got to stand up for our peers. I mean, there were eight people there. Are you going to tell me that one person yeah. didn't think this is the wrong thing yeah. to do? But, you know, the stigma is I can't say anything because I'm not going to be part of the group. And we've got to remember that a leader is at any level. And, you know, if you need to be the one with the lowest rank in the department that stand up and say this just isn't right, you got to do it, man. Yeah. You know, the question is, is do people want to belong so strongly that they, what kind of person would remain silent for, for fear of being ostracized? You know, if I've got eight colleagues uh, standing around sodomizing a ninth colleague with a sausage, there's something broken there. You know, I don't, that's a group I don't want to be a part of, a part of and, and that's a group that I, I don't mind speaking up against. Um you have to say this is, you know, this is not sending somebody out for a roll of a flight line or or a bucket of prop wash or or armor rolling the bench seat on the the ambulance or or that sort of thing. Um, this, you know, this is another realm entirely. And I, I got to say, you know, if, if you've got eight firefighters uh, sodomizing a rookie with a sausage in in your fire stations, there is something severely broken right. about the culture in your agency. Right. And and you don't just condemn uh, eight firefighters. You gotta you gotta take a long hard look at, at, at how your agency does things. And it may be indeed time to blow up the enterprise because something is rotten there. Yeah. Uh, if that sort of thing is is considered kosher, even if you wanna, you know, after the fact go and condemn it, oh my God, how how could they ever do this? This is enough the kind of stuff we put up at at Ellis County. Uh, I call BS because evidently they felt that sort of thing was was cool, or they wouldn't have been engaging in it. So, yeah, so I don't what know that we could say that. You, well, well, you know, I, I but I understand. I'll, I'll, I understand I'll, what you're uh, saying. I understand I'll your point. Sure, I'll, I'll back. I'll backpedal a little bit and say that you may not have been actively condoning that thing or even tacitly admitting it, but you at least have to look at 
the people you have and the people you recruit, and how is it that such broken, damaged people made it into your agency? Yeah, and I think you know, that- there's something you got to. Whoa, dude, do we have to screen our people better? Because uh, we we got some freaks in our in our firehouse. Yeah. Uh, one of the things is we have to think about what is our own moral compass. And you know we have values and and we have our ethics and there are things that we just won't won't cross. I got to tell you, I've done a lot of crazy things, but this is something that I would never engage in. And my moral compass is telling me that mm-hmm. I've got to be able to speak up and ensure that you know we're protecting people in these cases. You know, again, I go back to the eight people to say I can't believe there was one person there who wasn't mm-hmm. thinking to themselves, this isn't the right thing to do. And you've got to be able to stand on your own merit to say, and regardless of who you are, I'm going to go back to it, and regardless of who you are, stand up and say, I'm not comfortable with this. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, it makes the difference. Hopefully it makes the change. But, you know, the, the old leadership saying is what you permit, you promote. And, yeah. you know, as you say, except, my, as Nancy says, acceptance is teaching. I'd like to, I'd like to go to a better one. We've talked to, we've, we've had our dark moment. Let me, let me give you a feel good story. This comes me, out of make Seattle. Me, make me feel good, Kelly Grayson. Oh man. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Let's not go there. Um, Seattle, 13 year old girl, Lily James, yeah. uh, uh, from Mercer Island, uh, in, in Washington state, whose right foot was nearly severed in a boating accident right. when yeah. she was seven. Um, donated uh, or got a uh, Patient of Courage Award from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, uh, which comes with a $5,000 stipend. Um, she gave that prize money to the Medic One Foundation at Harborview Medical Center during a ceremony in front of the current Medic One paramedic training class. And I got to tell you, um, Lily James, young lady, um, that's, that is a class act that uh, I have difficulty finding the words to, uh, to describe appropriately. Um, whenever you talk about the, uh, the, what's wrong with the youth in our country, um, I'll, I'll throw one of these out there because uh, um, America still produces pretty damn good people, and uh, apparently this young lady is one of them. So. Yeah, and I think that, you know, this is a feel-good story. And, you know, I, I think a lot of this goes to, the you know, her upbringing. A lot of it goes to, you mm-hmm. know, who she is. You know, at 13 years old, uh, a lot of credit has to go to the, the parents who are raising her. And, yep. you know, I got to tell you, I mean, when you when you go up to this pos- the Pacific Northwest, it's like its own little world up there. And uh, it, it seems that they do things differently than the whole world does. And uh, I got to tell you, the first time I went to Seattle was in, you know, the mid 80s. And it was a culture shock for me because I'm coming out of the streets of New York City. And, uh, you know, you see people with peace symbols and long hair playing the guitar on the street corner. You don't see that stuff in New York City, you know. Everybody's wearing suits and they're moving 100 miles an hour. So I I went through a little bit of culture shock. But one of the things that I I do know about that area is that the community rallies around their public service, rallies around their health care community, their health care resources. And it seems that... You know, it goes back and forth. The, the the public service end truly cares about their citizens. And then the citizens, in turn, have that same respect. And uh, I'm with you, man. I mean, what do you say to a 13-year-old who donates, you know, uh, at Christmas time, donates this type of money? I say that it's a, it's a great uh, merit, and uh, other people should take notice of it as well. Yeah, I, I, I would say... 
uh, young lady, when you graduate from high school, if you want to go to college and become a paramedic, uh, uh, we'd love to have you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. that? How cool would that be? You know, yeah. one of the things I want to bring next is, you know, I'm a big supporter, as you are, of NEMT. As I first became a member of NEMT, it was uh, back in 1999. I've watched the National Association transform into a powerhouse who gives the EMT and the paramedic in the street, regardless of your delivery model, a voice. And mm -hmm. this voice is to federal lawmakers. This voice is to state EMS officials. This voice is speaking for the EMS career field. And mm -hmm. one of the things you hear all the time, Kelly, is, well, why am I going to pay $40 to become a member? What is it going to do for me? And I think the, the first thing that it does for you is it gives you the opportunity to be represented in, a, in an environment where we were never represented before. And I believe that if we're going to be professionals, we should all be part of a professional organization. And that professional organization has our back and does what it needs to do to ensure that our career field is taken care of in a way mm -hmm. that it has never been taken care of before. And uh, the story comes out from yesterday, which is the 1st of December, that NEMT and the Paramedic Association of Canada form a strategic alliance to promote CE courses. One of the, the great things that the National Association of Emergency Medical Technicians does is it supports incredible continuing education. I know, you know, people are going to him and ha about the continuing education and it's too expensive and, you know, we got to pay money back. And But you know what? The, the quality of the education, and I've been involved with NEMT education for lots of years, from the AMLS course to the EPC course, now the people course, and the knowledge base just continues to grow. And if you want to increase your core knowledge, NEMT is a great way to do it. Um, but I got to tell mm -hmm. you, man, when you reach out across the, your borders and, and you now start to align with other countries that's recognizing the fact mm -hmm. that uh, NEMT is a powerhouse, I, I say kudos to the association and I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, I, I heard it said the other day and it was a, a, a pithy comment I agree with is that uh, the obstacles uh, or, or the roadblocks to the growth of EMS as a profession are not going to be set up by people outside of our, our profession. The, our biggest roadblocks are going to be set up by people within our ranks, uh, people that just refuse to uh, move forward or, or refuse to unite, you know, and, and um, <clears throat> I had the privilege of, uh, of attending the, the first meeting of the Association of Texas EMS Professionals in, in uh, uh, Dallas last week at the, the Texas EMS conference and a bunch of dedicated people that have already managed to to uh, accomplish big things with a very small membership and, and you know gives me some hope for for what we can do and what we can accomplish with a much stronger membership. But but you said you know uh, or you, you mentioned that that the one of the biggest uh, uh, complaints is what's it going what am I going to get out of it and uh, the answer is nothing as long as it's just you. You know, as long as your approach to uh, the the growth and the stewardship of your profession is what's in it for me, uh, the answer is going to be nothing. Because if you're looking at it only for, for yourself and not what it does for your colleagues and for your profession, um, you're going to be that lone individual that no one pays attention to. But if you learn to collaborate, unite, and speak with a unified voice, um, we're going to get things done. 
I wish I could get that across to people um, that, you know, that you're in something bigger than yourself. Uh, and, you know, one guy was balking about paying a $5 a month uh, monthly membership plan in an organization. What am I going to get for my $5 and parting with my hard-earned money? Dude, you know, on your Facebook page, you got a can, you got a picture of a can of skull on your ambulance uh, dashboard. Well, do without a, a can of skull for, uh, for a couple of days and you've paid your membership dues. Um, I, I just, I, I, it boggles the mind um, that people will have that mindset, but they do. And, and if we can convince those people, or at least a, a plurality of them, uh, of the wisdom of, of unification and, and, and joining a professional organization, then we're going to accomplish big things. I'm glad to see the NAEMT and the Paramedic Association of Canada uh, collaborating. Um, I look forward to maybe going to Canada and, and doing some teaching. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be awesome. And I think one of yeah. the things that, and I know that Canada does a lot of NAMT courses, yeah. and this just seems like a natural synergy to make that work. But, yeah. you know, I just want to go ahead and talk to the, the younger people that are in our career field today. And I want to say to you that if you're in the truck and you're listening to the show, I mean, support the National Association. And one of the things you got to realize is, you know, the modern day EMS isn't 50 years old yet. And yeah. when we talk about what 50 years from now is going to bring, you guys are the ones that are going to be in the career field, you know, working at a fire department, working at a third EMS service, being chiefs, being, you know, training, whatever it is. And you're going to need to be the next wave of individuals that helps grow this career field. And mm -hmm. when we talk about community paramedicine, we're going to be pioneering this for the next 20 years. And uh, I'll be gone by then, uh, you know, hopefully retired somewhere on a nice big boat with Kelly Grayson sitting next to me. And uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to move along. But you guys are going to be the future of our career field. And get involved now and learn about the politics and learn about what's going on and, and have your voice heard. And, uh, man, I don't think we could say that enough. When we talk about, you know, EMS isn't taken seriously, the reason it's taken seriously is because we don't have the lobby that the American uh, Medical Association does. We don't have the lobby that the American Nursing Association does. But you know what? By God, we ought to. And uh, yeah. we, we deserve it. And, and the only way that the National Association is going to make those lobbyists turn from, and, and they employ a lobby group now, but the only way we're going to mm -hmm. get more is by people uh, who are in the career field becoming members. But anyway, I, I, I think we're going to beat that dead horse anyway. But yeah, give us one more story before we got to go. All right, here we go. Um, my last story comes from Grand Rapids, Michigan, a... Uh, a man called Uber for a ride home after being shot oh in the leg my on goodness. Thursday. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Hey, you know, on one hand, you got to say, well, uh, you know, Uber uh, is not medical care. And, and uh, apparently he thought uh, Uber was a better choice than an ambulance. Uh, and on the other hand, you know, uh, you still got to pay your Uber driver up front. Uh, we, <laughs> I've never collected from uh, payment on an emergency call for the, right. on an ambulance. So, uh, uh, you're still going to, um, you know, I, I still don't think the guy, uh, he probably missed the boat cause he probably wouldn't have had to pay an ambulance up front. And, and we know that, uh, plenty of people, they don't worry about paying their bill anyway. Uh, I'm just worried about the blood all over my leather seats. I mean, what's up with yeah. that? Yeah. It's like, or, or, you know, you don't know who was in that cab uh, or who was in that, that car last, uh, uh, I've been in some cabs that were pretty grungy, and and uh, um, you would think that uh, an 
an Uber driver, you know, part-time renting his vehicle out is not going to be diligent about cleaning the back of his uh, car in between passengers like right. a, like an ambulance crew would. But I thought it finally amusing that, you know, people are starting to use Uber for just about everything. I was reading in the news the other day that uh, Uber is trying to uh, branch into uh, mobile health. Um, I, I didn't read enough of the story to, to glean uh, an idea of, of what all it entailed. Um, but... Uh, they got a business model that seems to be working for them. Sure. Um, and uh, rather than than uh, fight them and, and complain bitterly like the cab drivers are doing, perhaps we should look at, at what they're doing and see if we could uh, steal some of their thunder. Yeah, I think, and one of the things, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, what is it that Uber is going to be able to do? And we've joked about Uber before, and I use Uber, and I think that they're very uh, efficient, and I, I really like the service. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I saw in the in the paper, and I forget where I was when I saw it, but they're going to be going around giving flu shots to people. So yeah, I, I think that's, that's what I was thinking. Was about. that what it was? Yeah. yeah so I think that one of the things that uh, we do have to worry about is, are they trying to break into this market? And, uh, you know, the, the opportunities are there and not just for EMS. And, and we've been talking about community paramedicine for a, a long time, you and I, and everybody is going to find the opportunity to get into this transformation. And, and if it's not EMS, it's going to be somebody and it may just be Uber. So for you EMS agencies that are out there, you really need to start getting a move on towards the uh, community paramedicine model. Because I just read today, there's an article that came out that said by 2018, 50% of the hospital's reimbursement is going to be on value-based purchasing and that's going to be big for them and this is the time the iron is hot uh, for EMS agencies to get into these organizations and start to develop their programs and develop it develop those partnerships because getting the education that I got out of the healthcare system out of the hospital system for the past five years I'm going to tell you these things are keeping hospital administrators up at night and they need us just as much as we need them and uh, we got to watch out for companies like Uber who may try to take some of that business away from us. You know, I, I think it speaks to the, the current trend of, of crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing healthcare. Um, you know, you've got guys calling Uber for, for uh, rides that used to go on ambulances. Uh, in the story, the, the driver brought the man home and then he called 911 and apparently an ambulance came to his house. So uh, it didn't deprive BMS of a, uh, of a call anyway. But the, the vaccinations, you know, uh, the mass vaccinations, preventative care, layperson first aid, all that sort of stuff that Uber is, is branching out into is, is just a symptom of, of our, you know, broadening uh, we're we're bringing bringing healthcare to the masses. This is you know you've got your pulse point apps and 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 CPR and AED apps out there to let people know alert people that are willing to do CPR if a cardiac arrest occurs nearby and and uh, there's a there's a Florida fire department in uh, North Lauderdale that's that's putting up uh, severe bleeding kits or tourniquet kits in public places. You know. Uh, recognizing that that um, if you wait for EMS to arrive to staunch an arterial bleed, then uh, the victim may very well be dead by the time we get there. Um, so it's it's a brave new world, man. We're, we're, we're looking at, a, uh, at changes in EMS that we may not be able to fathom now, but I think they're going to make our, our career field look decidedly different 10 years from now. Yeah, but, you know, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. So email us at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes and for myself and co-host Chris Civilero. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS, and we will catch you guys next week.